0: Okay, let's go ahead and jump into our series. We started a brand new series last week called Brand Spanking New, uh, and uh, it's been kind of a a series that I've kind of enjoyed putting together. Kind of the main thrust and main idea that we are kind of been looking at through this series is really found in 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, This is kind of our text for this morning, kind of our text going to be for really the rest of our time as we kind of look at this series together. So let's look at this together. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is what it says. It says, when someone becomes a Christian... He becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Last week we're gonna kind of kind of give a little bit of a, a recap for last week. We kind of begin to, to kind of break this up and kind of look at it a little bit deeper, trying to figure out what does this really mean? How does God do this kind of new person, new new brand, spanking new individual? How does God kind of work this out? And last week we kind of we kind of talked about it. I kind of want to go through this real quick until we kind of really hit what we're really going to be focusing on this morning, but we talk about this idea that the theology or theological words basically for brand spanking new are the words regeneration and sanctification. Regeneration and sanctification. And we kind of talked about how they were different, how somewhat they were the same, and how they kind of play into our lives. And just for those that maybe weren't able to be with us or, or maybe weren't able to watch online, we kind of broke those down, and we're going to do that a little bit this morning as well because we have to really understand what these things are so that we can understand the brand spanking new stuff that God wants to do in us and through us. So this idea of regeneration is this idea that it's the work of God in your heart at the moment of salvation, God gives us a new life, a new heart, and we are a new creation. Last one we talked about this is this is in the moment when we we accept the Lord when we go to Him and basically He becomes we become a brand new person. We're born again as we look at that verse as John uh, records that that Jesus says to Nicodemus in John chapter three. Where we have this idea that everything's brand new. This is something that God does in the moment of salvation. It's a brand spanking new thing. Uh, It's interesting, Tammy brought up one of my favorite verses in Ezekiel. We actually talked about that last week, that God's going to take out that that stony heart and that that hard heart and instead give us a tender, responsive heart. And that takes place because God immediately comes and says, man, when, when you become a Christian, as we looked at in our verse this morning in 2 Corinthians, you get to be brand spanking new it's not something that you do it's just something that you allow god to do in you but there's also something else that god does in us that is also kind of part of this brand spanking new and again we talked about it a little bit last week but this idea of sanctification okay sanctification is a little bit different sanctification is the progressive work of god and us that makes us more and more free from sin and like christ in our actual lives So in some ways, God does this two-prong attack, if this makes sense, in making you and me brand new. It's this automatic, man, we accept the Lord, everything changes in that moment. All the old is gone, the new has come, but yet God is still sanctifying you and me. He's making us, as we talked about last week, more like Jesus, and this is something that we do with him. This is a process that God is wanting to do. And here's the thing we need to understand. This process doesn't stop until we're gone. when When we're dead and God all of a sudden makes everything brand new, that's when it stops. But this is something that we all should be experiencing. This is this idea of growing and maturing that God wants us to have happen in our lives. This morning we're going to look a little bit deeper into this idea of sanctification. We're going to look a little bit deeper of what God wants to do in a way that God can really help us in this process of becoming more and more like Him. We talked about this verse last week, but I think it's important that we see it again in 2 Corinthians 3.18. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, we see this idea, and there's many other scriptures that we could use and look at, but this idea of sanctification that God wants to do in you and through you. And this is what it says. It says, so all of us who had that veil removed, and this concept here of this veil being removed is this concept now of, of being born again. We've accepted Jesus. We've had that moment of regeneration, but now God wants to do more. It says, after we've had that veil removed, Uh, we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So you get the brand spanking new at Regeneration, but now God wants to kind of take you by the hand and say, listen, let's go together on this journey and let's get you more and more like Jesus. Let's, let's have you get more and more freedom from the, your life of sin and the things that you struggle with. Let's have you be growing here. Let's have you be moving in the right direction. And here's the thing that we talked about a little bit last week and we're going to bring it out a little bit more. This is a cooperation thing that God wants to do with you and me regeneration it's all God regeneration you accept his love his forgiveness his grace and in that moment everything is made new but sanctification is kind of like I said it's kind of like you grab a hold of God's hand and say listen I'm going to work with you God to get me more like Jesus look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 14 kind of She begins to kind of unpack that just a little bit to help us understand. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says in verse number 14. He says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Now, here's the thing. Many of you maybe have heard that verse before. And you, you, you kind of get, okay, I get that, I get that, I need, to, I need to work at living at peace with others, I get that, that's, it's a job, it's not always easy. But I also have to work at living a holy life. Now that's sometimes where we kind of stop in the understanding of that verse, but, but the writer of Hebrews takes it one step further. He, he or she really puts this idea out there that says, listen, you need to do this, you need to work at this, because there's something very important that you need to understand about this, And it's this, he says, or she says, this idea of of if you do this, those that are not holy will not see the Lord. So this is a big deal. We're going to break what that really means down a little bit, okay? But this is something important. God doesn't just want us to come to know him, although that is obviously what he wants. He wants us to become like him who is holy, we see this all throughout Scripture, this idea of God being holy and, and, and holy and holy. This idea of holiness is this idea of being set apart. It's this idea of being different. It's this idea that basically in a lot of ways that, that we are called to be light where, where others that don't know Jesus are kind of living in darkness. So there should be a difference. There should be something that, that we see in, in our lives that maybe are not in other people's lives who yet to be regenerated by God. But in this idea and in this concept, what we're trying to get here or see is this is work. This is not something you're going to fall into and all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, wow, you know, I just woke up this morning and I'm just more holy. It just doesn't work that way. You're not going to have a situation where you're just all of a sudden going to be like, oh, man, you know, it's just awesome. All the people in my life, in my relationships are just perfect and there's no conflict. I'm sorry, that just doesn't work that way. This is stuff that God wants to work with us in. Yes, there's that God's going to help us. Yes, God is going to lead us. Yes, the Spirit is going to do these things in us. But we need to understand there's a job for us to do. There's a part for us to play in our holiness, in our sanctification, in this thing. And here's the thing. Here's the thing we need to understand. And it's, I put it in your notes because I wanted you to get it. It's, it's in this process of sanctification and holiness, we either cooperate with God... Or we don't. Okay? Like we, you know, th- there's not a lot of middle ground here. There's not a you know, you either cooperate with God in this or you don't cooperate with God. Let me help you in finding out how well you're cooperating. Okay? When you look at your life today and your walk with Jesus today, is it deeper? Is it sweeter? Is it more mature than it was a year ago? Because if it's not... It's not because God looked and said, you know, I think I'm going to take a year off on working with you. I think I'm going to take some time off and just sit here and, and, and get some iced tea and relax. If you're not growing, it's not because God doesn't want you to or God's not wanting to partner with you to do that. It's because you, unfortunately, and we, I think we all do this at times, I know I do, we stop cooperating with God. We stop doing that and we can do that for many different reasons... But I'll be honest with you, none of them are good. None of them are good. Now listen, I didn't say that, you know, basically a year ago, basically you were just horrible, terrible, and now you're like, you know, awesome. I said, is there some growth? Can you see some things? I used to say this all the time, I still say it. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. Sometimes it's not easy to see growth in teenagers, okay? That's not easy. But it's there, and you have to find it sometimes. And I remember telling people, you know, like, for me, it's success, for me, when something's going well, when I'm seeing growth in somebody, it's in a situation where maybe a year ago there was a kid in the youth group, and somebody would say something derogatory to them or mean to them, and they wouldn't even think about it. They'd just start swinging they start punching the other kid out. And a year from now, after a year of growth... The same thing happens, and the kid doesn't punch the other kid, but he cusses him out. That's gross! I didn't say he went from punching to a missionary. I went from punching... Now, neither is good. Don't misunderstand. Don't be like, hey, yeah, the pastor thinks I can cuss in people. This is great. No! But there's growth there. You get what I'm saying? Listen, if you can't look at your life and go, you know what... I probably would have handled that worse a year ago. Then then there's probably not the growth that God wants to do in you, okay? God wants to grow you up. He wants you to be more like Jesus. He wants you to be more and more free from the sin that entangles you. And he wants to join with you in that process. But unfortunately, some of us decide not to do that. Some of us say, you know what? I don't need this. I'm, 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 I don't need the holiness thing. As I was studying and I was putting this together, I was looking at some commentaries and I found this, this from, from Charles Spurgeon. I, I love Charles Spurgeon. He's one of the greatest pastors, speakers that's, that's ever been. And he had this in, in, in one of his messages. And I, I thought, well, this is really good. And it's in your notes. But, but, but as he was kind of breaking this down in one of his messages, this idea of, of, of sanctification and holiness and things like that, he wrote or spoke basically that he described four types of people who try to get on without holiness. Okay? These are people that basically say, I'm good. I don't need the holiness of God. Basically, they're saying this in some ways, I don't need to grow anymore. I've reached it. I'm there. I'm at the summit. And so there's four that he brought out. The first one is this idea of the Pharisee. The idea of the Pharisee, and, and I've really brought these down a little bit, real simple, you know, it's just to a sentence or so. But but basically this idea of the Pharisee is someone who's confident in outward ceremonies instead of true holiness. Okay, these are the people that I, like, like I've always said, you know, like, they, like they, they've been at church a long time. Okay, they know when to sit, stand up. They know when to sit down. They know how much to put in the offering. Uh, they, they, they know what to say. They know, what, yeah, they know the, the rules. They know the situa- They know it all. Okay, and they think that's enough. They think, boy, if I, I, I got it because I understand the ceremonies or the processes and they think that is better or, 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 or they don't need true holiness and it's just not the case. It's interesting that when you look at scripture, the the conflict that Jesus had with these types of people, he said of them basically, look, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup is filthy. That's not holiness. Jesus says, you got to clean it all. You got to clean the inside first. So first is this idea of of the Pharisees. Next was this idea of the moralist. And the moralist feels no need for holiness because his life is so good. Okay, this is the person who's like, man, they got everything they need. They don't need nothing. They're, everything's wonderful. Everything's great. I mean, you know, the kids are all getting straight A's. The mortgage is paid. Whatever, you know, just however you think of what the good life would be. And so because of that, they're like, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need this. I don't need the work that it takes. It's involved in making myself holy and more like Jesus. The third he calls the experimentalist. And this is the individual that their entire Christian life is lived inward, never looking to outward conduct, but only to feelings. Do you have any idea when this man wrote this stuff? It was not 2022. It's this idea and this concept that, that it's all about me. Everything's about me. And you know what? It, 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 it's what's inside how I feel. Does it matter how I live? It's what I feel that matters so much. And he says, you know, that's not how this works. There's got to be more. There's got to be this outward expression. It's not salvation through outward works or outward expression, but it's simple. It's real simple. Fruit, Fruit trees produce fruit. There's an outward expression of what kind of tree it is, and it's expressed by the type of fruit that is produced. And for some of us, we're like, you know what? I'm good. Everything's fine. I feel good, but there's no fruit being produced. There's no holiness being produced. Our life is not reflecting what God has done in that process of regeneration and then also in sanctification. The final one is the opinionist. And their Christian life is all about believing the right doctrines and it is unconcerned about the way one lives it's like well if I can just if I know it all if I know the Bible if I know all these things it doesn't matter how my actual life is this is really this is really I got I I would say this is kind of the person that really lives the hypocritical life you know they come to church maybe they they know that they know like I said they know the stuff they they kind of have a, a life like this they're the type, and maybe this is a little harsh, and I don't mean it to be, but it's kind of the best way I can make sense of it. Because I know we all experience this at times, okay? But it's the person that, that reads in the Scriptures where God will never leave me and never forsake me, but yet when things don't go well, the first thing they do is they say, God has left me and forsaken me. You get what I mean? It's, it's, they, they understand the right doctrine. They understand the truth of God's Word but they don't do a very good job applying God's word to their particular life and situation. They're real good at applying it to your life. You know, you're going through something hard, and this is sometimes the person you go to because you know that they're going to be able to say these truths, but they don't do it in their life. It doesn't really affect the way they live. And these are important things. These are important things that we need to understand because we all need to have a life of holiness. We all need to be experiencing these moments of sanctification that God is doing in us. Why? Because Hebrews tells us, because if we don't, those who are not holy will not see the Lord. This is a heavy scripture. This is serious stuff. This is something that that God's going, hey, listen, you need to understand this. And here's the thing that we need to understand about what the writer of Hebrews is trying to get us to understand the holier we get okay the more like jesus we become the more we understand who he is okay the more we sit there and go okay as i'm becoming getting closer and closer into god's holiness and becoming more and more sanctified here's typically what happens in that situation the fire quote unquote gets a little bit hotter it gets a little bit hotter and the light gets a little more intense We begin to understand a little bit more who God is and what God wants for us and how we should live our lives. And typically when that happens, we begin to see some of the flaws. We begin to see some of the things that aren't there, that aren't so good. And in that moment, we can shrink away from that and go, oh my goodness, I need to stay away from that. I just need to be over here and just just be left alone. Or we can see God even more and move even forward as he begins to remove those areas of our lives that he wants to partner with us in, in removing. You want to see the Lord? You want to see him in the way that he wants to be seen? We have to be moving in the right direction. We have to be moving towards him, not away from him. We have to be willing that as we grow in him, there's gonna be more and more that God's gonna want to pull away in you and me. It's can I be honest? It's one of the reasons why it's so hard to be growing the longer you're a Christian. You know? Like, like let's be honest. Think about think about your Christian walk. If 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 you're a follower of Jesus, if you're like most people, your Christian walk starts off at a sprint. Man, you get saved. You get regenerated. You are excited. Man, things have been changed. You know, I mean, you realize, man, I was headed towards death. And now God has brought me life. I mean, whoa. I mean, and we take off, man. And we're just chugging along. Man, I want to be more like Jesus. I'm excited. Well, then things begin to happen, and it gets harder. God begins to pull out things. Okay, that was hard, but you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward, and it seems like we kind of go, and we kind of go, and we kind of go, and then sometimes we kind of get to these, maybe one of these one of four places that Charles Spurgeon talked about, and we kind of just begin to pull back a little bit. Remember what I said about this idea of sanctification. If you're breathing, God still wants to do a work in you. If you're still breathing, now maybe it's not going to be some of the massive things that that God did 50 years ago or 10 years ago or whatever. But listen, there are still things in you that God wants to help you to kind of deal with and fix and become even more and more and more like him. Here's the deal. Here's the thing you need to understand. A lack of holiness is a critical obstacle to a close relationship with God. Okay? If, if you stop moving towards this idea of sanctification and holiness, what's really going to be affected more than anything is the closeness of your relationship with Jesus. You know, I, I try to give you guys at times things where you can kind of almost like a checklist. It's like, okay, I need to look at this. Is this an area that God needs to... Listen, it, it, are you as close with Jesus as you used to be? Are you, listen, are you in love with Him like you used to be? You know? Are you more excited now to be able to spend time with Him than you were a while ago? You see, God wants you to see Him. God wants to be seen. He wants to be known. He wants you to experience Him. And a great way to do that is to cooperate with Him in your sanctification to do that and to move in that direction so let's 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 move on now let's let's look at now some a little bit more application and then we're going to specifically talk about one that I want to hit this morning before we close so so how do we cooperate with God in our journey of sanctification and holiness okay like listen and I know there's like lots of different ways okay and and because everybody's a little bit different and that's good. You know, like God, I love this about God. God's not like a, cut, a, a cookie cutter type of God. You know, like he's got specific things for specific people. But there's also things that are universal, okay? And so God may speak to you and say, hey, this is an area. And if he does, from the spirit, man, you listen and go that direction. But I believe these are some things that we all need to understand and all apply if we're going to cooperate with God in it. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4. 1st Timothy 4 starting with verse number 7 or the second part this is what it said instead of training yourself instead train yourself to be godly physical training is good but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come once again, we see this idea of training, this idea of discipline, this idea of working is kind of what uh, that, that wants to be. And here's the thing, you know, if you were going to train for something, depending on what you were going to train for, you would do some certain things to help you train for that particular event or a particular thing that you wanted to accomplish physically. Well, spiritually speaking, there is a training plan that you need to have a part of your life all every single one of us needs to and we really kind of talked about this before so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them but it's this concept of the spiritual disciplines okay it's the spiritual disciplines in your notes they're right there for you they're up here on the screen or will be in just a second and here's what they are now this is like nine of them there can be more but I just you know I didn't want to you know spend a lot of time so here's what I wrote the bible reading prayer worship evangelism, service, stewardship, fasting, solitude, and study. These are just nine, okay? There's more than this. This is your training plan that God wants every single one of us to have a part of our lives. Now, like you say, Aaron, does that mean I need to fast every day? No, it doesn't. But it means that like when we come together as we're going to again at the first of the year and have our 21 day fast, that that would be an awesome time for you to understand this would be a time that I need to be fasting. Some of these are things we should be doing every day. Some of these are things that are more seasonal times of our lives. But these are part of the training that God wants you to embark on with Him to help you get to the place where He wants you to be, which is more and more like Him. More and more sanctified by Him. More and more a life of holiness so that you can have a closer, more vibrant relationship with Jesus. And this morning, to really kind of close this out, I want to focus in on just one. One of my absolute favorites, one that I really believe, quite honestly, is imperative. To your growth, and to your maturing, and to your sanctification process. And, and here's the thing, and so like I said, we're moving right along, but it's in your notes. If you want to cooperate with the Spirit of God, one of the most important disciplines is Bible intake. Now, I used Bible intake, I used the word intake on purpose, and I'm going to tell you why, okay? Some of you know this, some of you don't. But uh, in, in August, I was nuts again, and I did uh, the race again. <laughs> we don't even call it what it is, just the race, you know? And so, for, I guess I need to explain. For those that don't know, um, for the last two years in, in August, I've done a, a gravel bike race in Steamboat Springs of 143 miles. It's a long day on a bike, Okay. And and so I kind of talked about it last year. I actually had a sermon series about it, and I'm not going to get into it this year too much, but I want you to understand something that happened this year that didn't last year okay because I use like I said I use this word intake on purpose because I want you to get this 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 picture through this idea and so as I was writing I was going along fine everything was great some of you know I have some problems with my knees my knees were doing great and then I did something really really not really smart probably about 26 miles in which is I got to an aid station and I ate a banana now you think, a banana's fine, it's not a problem, no big deal. The problem is, is I never had really eaten a banana as I had been training before. And I thought, oh, it's got potassium in it, P- potassium in it, it's going to maybe help my knees. I don't know, you know, Alicia, that might have been stupid of me. I don't know, I thought that. Anyway, I was trying anything to make sure I could get through this race without my knees falling off. And so I ate a banana. And about a couple more miles in, my stomach started going, I don't like when you eat bananas. And I got really, I got a stomach ache. I didn't start, I started feeling well. Well, here's the problem when you're gonna ride that far, you've got to eat on the bike. You have to have calorie intake on an hourly basis. Because if you don't, you're still gonna be somewhere on the mountains near Steamboat Springs. Well, because my stomach was upset, because things weren't going the way in my stomach that they needed to go, I basically stopped eating guess what guess about the worst thing you can do in a situation like this stop eating because basically that's your fuel that's what's going to keep you going over the hills and over the miles and over the stress and you've got to have calorie intake well guess what I stopped eating and so I was in this one little section. I've told some of you this before where like they, they kind of changed the course on me. And I thought, okay, I, I got to get to this. It was about a 90 mile in. Well, I was starting to kind of shut down. Like my body was literally like, I'm on E here. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And, and I was like 90 miles and it wasn't there. You know, one of the hardest things when it comes to this idea of Bible intake or calorie intake is sometimes you expect things to be where, they, where you expect them to be, and, and they're not there. And I was sitting there, and I was going, if I don't get some food in me quickly, I'm not going to finish this race. So I grabbed something. I tried to get it down. It didn't sit real well. Anyway, I got to the checkpoint. When I got there, I was able to sit down get some food in me and 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 try to get my stomach to calm down and I just to, to finish the race but here's the point and here's the understanding that we need to look at this some of us are literally now listen 143 miles is a long bike race but it is nothing compared to the life that we live on this planet it is nothing compared to the fact that Jesus looked at every single one of us, believer or not, and said, "In this life, you are going to have trouble." And some of us are trying to ride in this road, this race of life, and we are not taking in spiritual nutrients and spiritual food to help us to get through it. It's got to be listen, this please hear me. Biblical intake is not optional. If you don't take it in, you will find yourself with your bike on the road, sitting with your head in your hands, not moving anywhere. It will happen. I don't care who your parents are. I don't care who your grandparents are. I don't care how long you've known Jesus. If you aren't taking in the biblical intake you need, you will find yourself stopped. Because the roads in this life and the challenges, the hills are high. The race is long. And you've got to have the Bible The word of God to sustain you. It's so important. Look, Jesus is praying for his disciples in John 17. In John 17, 17, Jesus is praying for them. And listen to what he says. He says, make them holy. There it is again. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Jesus spells it out right there. If you're going to get holy, you got to get the truth. What's the truth? God's word is truth. Biblical intake. The ability to take it all in. Look at Ephesians 5, b all the way through verse number 27. It says, as Christ loved the church, listen to what this says. As Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. Why? To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. It makes us holy, God's word. It cleans us, God's word. It is so vital. And here, listen, here's the great thing about it. It is easier now than it has ever been. You all, every single one of you, I promise. You walk, well, maybe not all of you, most of you, okay? Hazel's here this morning. We love her, but I don't know if Hazel has a cell phone, okay? She's 101, so she gets a pass, okay? But the rest of us have cell phones, And if you need help, I will take you on whatever app store you have, and I will download you three or four Bible apps. Some of them will actually read the Bible to you. Isn't that nice? Listen, hear hear me here. This, this This may ruffle a few feathers, and it shouldn't, but just go with me here. Some of you, here, let me be honest. Some of you need to spend a little less time listening to worship music and a little bit more time listening to the Word of God. Now, does that mean worship music is bad? Absolutely not. But it's, I think it's more vital to get God's word in you. Now, some of those worship songs, boy, they just straight out of scripture, and that's awesome. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But for some seasons, it might be just good to have God's word just tread over you. You get in the car. And you don't listen to the sports station. You don't listen to oldies. You you don't even listen maybe to worship music today. But instead you listen to God's word. The power of God's word. I mean I could keep you here till three o'clock. Going over scripture after scripture after scripture. Talking about how important God's word is. What it does and how it changes you and me. What's your biblical intake? There's so many ways to do it. Listen, I send you an email every day that, guess what, has some biblical intake in it. Open your email. Is that enough? No, listen, you need to understand. What I give you every day is an appetizer, hopefully, to what God is going to share with you that day. Through his word. And listen, I'm not saying this to say prayer doesn't matter. I'm not saying it to say worship doesn't matter or stewardship. No, I'm just saying for today, what I felt like God wanted us to focus in on was this concept of are we taking in the Bible as much as we should? And here I think why I think that's so important for today. Remember what Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen. He basically said he wants us to understand the truth and that God's word is truth. Why is it so important that your biblical intake is high in our world today? Because everybody's walking around basically spewing their own truth. That's why. And if you don't know what God's word says, what his truth is, I promise you, I don't care how smart you think you are, you're going to be deceived. You're going to be deceived. Because some of the world's truth some of the truth, unfortunately, that comes from pulpits sounds real, real good, but it's not congruent with God's Word. It's not. And how do we know the truth if we haven't taken time to read and study and learn the truth? And here's the thing. Like, like there's so much here. There's so much to learn and glean. Listen, there's so much that I don't know about what these books say still. I'm still learning too. Are you kidding me? There's so much here that God wants to show you in me. And what's amazing about it, what shows that it's God's inspired, breathed word of God is the fact that you and I can read a verse that we've read a hundred times before and all of a sudden God through His Holy Spirit twists the diamond just so slightly and we go, I never saw that before. There's power in it. It's truth. Some of you are literally trying to run this race of life and you're struggling and you're hurting, and you're going, Oh no, I got another hill. And you know why it's so hard? It's because you haven't fed your soul with God's Word. You've forgotten a vital part of this whole sanctification and holiness process, and it's getting His Word in you and experiencing the power of his changing uh, of not that the word doesn't change but that it brings forth that change in us that sanctification and that holiness. So listen, listen. I got one question, just one for you to answer today. Okay? It's in your notes beyond the screen, one easy question. What is one thing you could do to improve your intake of God's word? Just one thing. I'm not saying, listen, you, I, well, you know, I really haven't read the Bible before. Okay, well, here, let me, let's take you to my office, and I have a big theology book that's this big, and let me plop it in your hands. No! What's one thing? For some of you, you know, here's the thing. You may say, well, Aaron, I, I don't know if I need one thing. I, I do a great job with my devotions. I spend time with God every day. I read your emails every day. That's great. You can still do better, because there's so much here that God wants to impress on you, help you to see, and help you become more like him. So what's one thing? For some of you, maybe it is. You need to download a Bible app. You need to go through a plan. Those apps have plans out the wazoo that can help you. And you can, you know, you're like, I don't know where to start. I'll help you. I'll show you. Okay? Come see me. And I'll say, okay, well, here's here's this one. And let's look at this. I'll show you where they are. I don't care how long it takes. I will show you personally. It's that important. For some of you, you need to just listen to God's word. Some of you are in the car for 20, 30 minutes, maybe you're more a day. And 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 maybe, maybe, and maybe it's not a situation where, well, you got 30 minutes there, 30 minutes home. Maybe it's not a whole hour, but maybe, hey, maybe, maybe every day on my way to work, I listen to God's word. Some of you have kids. You need to get them every day and every opportunity you can and read God's word with them. Help them see it. Help them to know it. Help them to fall in love with God's word. What's one thing? Because here's what I believe. I believe that one thing can continue to make you brand spanking new. And I believe that as you begin to intake God's word, you're going to be amazed how it's going to affect your day-to-day life. Yeah, they're going to be hills. There was hills in the race. But I'll tell you what, when you're, re- when, you're re- when you're hydrated and you got food in your stomach and you got some power, those hills, yeah, they're hard. But you can make them over, get over them a lot easier than you can when you haven't taken anything in. What's one thing? One. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. What's one thing you can do to improve your intake of God's word. Can we do me a favor? Can we just close our eyes? We're going to close. Last week, we really kind of opened the series and we talked a little bit more about regeneration. And this morning, we've kind of obviously talked a little bit more about this idea of sanctification and some some tools. And and, and please understand, um, you know, if you have any questions on the spiritual disciplines, please let me know. There's a lot. I could, I could point you to some really great books that will help you kind of see and give you some, some tools. But, but this morning, the focus has really been on, on this idea of, of taking in God's word and how important that it is. And so listen, I'm not here to ask you about, you know, well, do you take in God's word? Do you do this? Do you do that? And, and listen, I, I could have also given you a bunch of ways to do that And if you need help in that, please let me know. I can give you tools and stuff, but at the same time, what I've learned in my life and and honestly the life of others, you can have the best tools, but if you don't have a desire for God's Word, a hunger for God's Word, I can give you the best tools and the best apps and the best everything, and it's just not going to matter. You see, what I believe God wants to do is I believe that God through His Holy Spirit wants to, in every single one of us, produce a hunger for God's Word, a desire for God's Word. I just can't get enough of God's Word. I believe that's what God wants to do in all of us. So yeah, we still have to come up with that answer we still have to say you know this is one way I can improve and don't miss that that's real practical and real applicational and we gotta can't just be hearers of the word we gotta be doers but what I want to pray for you and for me and for everyone online this morning more than that is that God will give us a new hunger for his word that God will give us a new desire for his word and his truth. That it'll be easy to come up with one way to improve because we want to get God's word in us. We want to know, God, your truth. Not our truth, not somebody else's truth, but God, your truth. And so, Father, right now, we just come to you as we kind of bring this all to a close. And, Father, for each person that's here, each individual. God, I, I, I don't know where they're at on their journey of sanctification. I don't know where they're at on their journey of, of, of Bible intake and all these things. But God, I, I do believe that every single one of us can improve in an area. We can get more in. We can understand more. Maybe, maybe God, it's not about time, but it's about depth. We need to stop worrying about the clock and instead just meditate on your word. Study it. If that means that we're on one verse for six months, so be it, because we want to understand the depth of what you want us to see. But, Father, I do pray for every single individual for just a new hunger for you, a new hunger for your word, a new desire to hear your word spoken or, or read or studied, whatever that looks like, God, through your Holy Spirit, just bring that. Bring that in power in our hearts and our lives. And Father, after that, after you have done that in us, God, I also pray that you would give us direction, that you would give us wisdom to answer that question, that, Father, we would be able to say this is one way, I'm gonna improve in my Bible intake. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Whatever it is, God, that's between you and them. But God, I do pray that you would just give them wisdom and direction in that. Father, you're so good. And we thank you that you have given us not just regeneration, which is awesome and amazing, and we are so unworthy But Jesus, you didn't just come to save us. You came to save us and make us just like you. So God, we thank you for regeneration. We thank you that that you have come and done that. But Jesus, we also thank you for the sanctification process. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to partner with you and to cooperate with you in our growth. In our sanctification and in our holiness, you are so good. You are so good, and we thank you so much. We love you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Like I said, seriously, if you need help, come see me. Don't. There's no shame in that. Come see me. I'll. I'll or if there's somebody you know that hey, they're really good at this sort of stuff, go see them. But, but, but use the tools to get your Bible intake up and up and up. Okay? Sound good? And listen, here's the deal, too. You know, I've had people come to me and they say, well, I, I want to read the Bible, I want to understand it more, but I don't always understand what I read. Okay? If that's the case with you, you have a couple of options that are real easy. Number one, come talk to me or email me. This, has happened, this happens a lot. It's not a big deal. I love it when I get emails with people that say, hey, I was reading this, and I saw this. What, what do you see here? What, what is God saying here? If you don't understand, and we can look at it together, and, and we can discuss it, and I can share with you what I see. Other, other ways you can do that is there's so much information online. Use it. And if you say, well, I don't know who I can trust, let me know, and I can tell you some places that I believe um, are some really, really good, strong, biblical Bible teachers that can help you to understand, okay? Your Bible intake is so important, you gotta work on it sometimes. You gotta let it be. So use the tools that are available to you to help you. Listen, you won't bother me at all. In fact, you'll, you'll make my day okay? I love you, and I appreciate you guys so much, and I'm excited to see as you begin to walk in this and understand all the brand spanking new stuff that God's going to bring forth in your life as you learn more of his truth and his word and his plan for your life, okay? Awesome. Father, we love you, and we ask that you would just go with us as we go. Give us a great week and help us to have a new desire for your word and that you would just speak to us very clearly about how we can get that intake up to allow you, to allow us and you to partner together and cooperate in our sanctification and holiness. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for being here. For those that are online, man, we love you. We miss you. We hope you're doing well. Have a great week yourself, and we'll see y'all soon.